it's okay. This Mara's being so chaotic that I should be drinking too, so. I drink to forget how dumb Mara is. (laughs) (laughs) Sabrina. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Anubis Backwards Podcast. Today, we're going to be recapping House of Drama and House of Codes. We mentioned this last episode, and I think even the episode before, but today we have our first voice memo submission. So don't forget, if you want to be featured on the episode like our guest that's going to be coming up soon, uh, you can check out anchor.fm slash Anubis Backwards and submit a little voice memo about episodes. So we start with that intro that is still iconic. I wrote this. I didn't know where to put this note, so I figured I'd put it at the beginning. Fun fact that this is the first House of News episode I ever watched, so it's very near and dear to my heart. I think once upon a time, back when I was in eighth grade in 2011, um, I was during spring break at my aunt's house in Florida, and I think one day she had a doctor's appointment, so we weren't doing anything, so I was just sitting around her house, and she had on demand, and I think I had heard some people on Tumblr saying, like, oh, this, like, new Nickelodeon show is good or whatever. So I went on On Demand, I found House of Anubis, and I guess this was the episode that was On Demand for some reason, that this was the first episode that was On Demand, and then the following episodes after this, like, the whole play arc. So this is the first episode, this is the episode that got me into House of Anubis, this is the episode that brought me all my, oh, I'm gonna be all mushy, (laughs) all my friends that I've made throughout this show, and this podcast and getting to meet Brad Kavana, you know, lots of very good things in my life. So, um, low claps for House of Drama, House of Codes for um being very engaging enough to make me keep watching the show and dedicate my life even ten years later to it. Oh, that's so nice. This is a crazy episode to start with, though. You must have been very confused. I was. <laughs> very confused but I probably was very engaged like I was like I don't know who any of these people are but this is wild and I want to know what's happening <laughs> yeah all right so the episode kicks off and everyone's at dress rehearsals for the school play Jason announces that everyone needs to focus because the play is tomorrow so Nina and Fabian are telling Patricia about their run-in with Victor from the night before Fabian's certain that Victor put the puzzle piece that he confiscated from them in his safe so Nina says that they need an alibi in order to go steal the piece and she has a crazy idea on how they can pull it off this is completely relevant to the plot but Nina's hair looks really good here yeah I like I'm always obsessed with Nina's hair so I I agree (laughs) so then Amber walks in wearing a cactus outfit asking Jason why the cactus can't sing. And Jason said, it's because Cacti can't speak. And Jerome chimes in from the back of a camel outfit saying, it's because she has a terrible voice. And then Alfie, who is the front of the camel, says she doesn't. I wrote Cacti can't speak. I'm laughing forever. And I did actually laugh for like a solid minute at this line, which I don't know if this was that funny then, but it's hilarious now. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just like enjoying all the costumes. It's very Nickelodeon, but I'm having a fun time, especially Jerome and Alfie in the camel suit. That's wonderful. Honestly, the outfits are so fun. Like, I want more episodes where they just wear stupid costumes. Eddie wore that unicorn costume in season well, Honestly, he should have worn yes. the unicorn costume. Yeah, it was so fun. We were robbed. We were robbed of Eddie being stuck in the unicorn costume for 10 episodes. <laughs> I just wrote, when has Jerome heard Amber sing? Like, he's commenting on her voice. Jamber? Jamber. It's Jamber? 
So then we cut to Victor, who is in a meeting with Mr. Sweet and Mrs. Andrews, explaining the relic that he confiscated from Nina and Fabian. They are shocked because they were sure the one relic that they had was the ink that they needed for all of their weird conspiracy elixir of life stuff so victor explains he thinks there are more relics and mrs andrews seems concerned because the chosen hour approaches um victor also lets them know that rufus Zeno has escaped from the hospital so i don't know i just feels like the mystery is really starting to pick up here and i'm like all on my fall bs now and i was like the spooky mystery stuff is giving me all the fall vibes and i'm really surprised that house of anubis aired in like the winter and not the fall because this is like the perfect fall show yeah, it is. To watch it in fall now. True, yeah. So back at drama rehearsals, the students finish the play, and Jason tells Mick and Mara that they'll actually need to kiss during the show tomorrow, and they both look at each other awkwardly. Put that I can't get over Fabian's Victor makeup. <laughs> it's really good. It is. They didn't need to go to that much detail. And then, like, we see that there are other students besides like the Anubis kids in this play. Like we're seeing the extras and stuff. Do you think they're all pissed that like all the Anubis kids got the leads? No, one, no one else did. It's called nepotism because Nina, Nina, and Amber Amber wrote it. Oh, true. They really gotta accept that the Anubis kids are the main characters. <laughs> like I'm just thinking, there's we don't have any character that's like very into theater in Anubis house. There's probably some kid in their grade. That's like a big theater kid. And is like, I'm going to get the lead and is so excited. And then has to stand as a tree in the background. And is like, I can't believe like, I didn't get the lead role. I just (laughs) thinking of that theater kid. Always, always second best to the Anubis kids. It's like a Charvet. Yeah. (laughs) So Fabian asks Nina what her crazy plan is. And she explains that Anubis house will be empty during the play and that she has a 30 minute break before act two starts. So she's going to break into Victor's office during the play. Fabian thinks it's brilliant, but Patricia points out that they don't actually know the code to Victor's safe. So like brain cell to Patricia. That was very smart. True. (laughs) Everyone is back at Anubis after play practice and Jerome and Alfie are somehow stuck in their camel suit. So Trudy comes in to cut them out. I had just wrote, Patricia was straight up roasting those two as they were stuck in their camel costume. It was like the funniest thing. I wouldn't expect anything less. (laughs) I also put Amber and Nina were like standing super close in the scene. I'm like, ladies, ladies. They were. Amber? And and they were roommates. (laughs) How many crack ships will I mention in this episode? (laughs) Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of ships stuff happening in this episode this being my first episode was really a hint for what was to come in my life (laughs) (laughs) i said when jerome and alfie finally get out of the costume like they have on their shirts and ties from their uniforms and i thought it was so funny that they were like inside the costume and shirts and ties and not just like t-shirts or something that's so funny like you think they would have put on comfy clothes or something (laughs) they really are just in their uniforms it's not like they're required to wear their uniforms inside the costume like no one else is wearing their uniforms (laughs) true so while all this is going on fabian is at the table with his eyes closed like moving his fingers around Uh, patricia asks what he's doing and he says he's trying to remember something a flashback starts and we see fabian spying on victor as he opens his safe then all of a sudden we're back to Fabian and he's like, give me a pen and paper. And he draws out a keyboard and he's trying to figure out the code that he remembered Victor typing in. He's not a hundred percent sure he's right. And Patricia says, Nina can't do this until they're a hundred percent sure. But Nina says she has to try it for Sarah. And by the end, Fabian's like, I'm confident the code is two, three, five, seven. Fabian is so smart. Like that, like going off of like his memory and like virtually like drawing out the keypad to see like where he remembers 
at hitting. Like, my dude. Brain cell. Go Fabian. He do be the brain cell. <laughs> brain cells for Fabian, yeah. I also wrote, this is another commentary Nina's hair. But in the first scene, when they were at rehearsal, Nina's hair was curled. And now they're back at the house, quote unquote, after rehearsal. And Nina's hair is suddenly back to normal and is not curled, which is a continuity issue because if she just got back from her rehearsal, her hair would obviously still be curled. Thank you. I know. Maybe Nina, maybe Nina has hair like mine where you curl it and then two seconds later it's just flat. Maybe. <laughs> can't re- like, can't relate because I have, but I think Nina has similar hair to I do. Probably. I don't know. Like, maybe she took a shower. She was maybe. just, you know. She couldn't take a shower and <laughs> her hair gone back to normal because. I have, like, wavy hair, so my hair stays curled very easily. It doesn't stay straight. But I feel like Nina's natural hair is similar to my natural hair. And, yeah, they definitely just recorded, like, filmed this on a different day and, like, weren't thinking, like, oh, yeah, Nina would still have her hair curled and not just, like, the way her hair normally is. Probably. Good catch, though. It still looks good. It's only because I had, like, already commented on Nina's hair. So yeah, I, I just, like, really, like, Nat just has really good hair. Like, and it's not even Nina, it's, like, Natalia's hair is just, her natural hair is really good, and it looks pretty, but it's curled, so, like, I don't blame you for staring at it. If you're gonna pick something to focus on this episode, might as well be Nina's hair. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, just Nina's hair, is it curled or not? House of Nina's hair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so Mara comes out of her room with her laptop and she's about to come downstairs when she sees Mick and Miss Robinson in the foyer talking about training. Mick hands in a project that uh, he had to complete to her and then Mara looks all angry and runs back to her room. She opens her laptop and sends the pictures she took to Mr. Sweet. Mara, 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 why? Why are you doing this? This is the most normal student-teacher relationship on the show. Like, they are truly acting the way a student and teacher should act. Like, they're just like, training was great. Thanks. Here's the assignment I did for you. Bye. Have a nice day. Nothing weird. (laughs) I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Mara was really about to ruin this whole woman's career for what? I said it before, and I'll say it again. Jason Winkler was right there. (laughs) (sighs) This is something this woman, like, she could not only lose her job for, but, like, lose, like, she's not going to get teacher recommendations from the school. Like, yeah. she goes and applies, they're going to be like, um, so she had a really, like, someone was concerned about how she was reacting with a student, and you know what, then she's not getting hired. Like, her entire career, she could have lost because Mara was being a little bitch. I know. It's like, she's so smart, but she's, like, not always common sense smart. She's just book smart. Yeah, I feel like in Mara's mind, she's just like, oh, I'm gonna get her in trouble just so she'll, like, be away from Mick. And not like, this is gonna potentially ruin her career or get her fired, etc. She's just like, she's not gonna be around Mick anymore. Yeah, and get Mick in trouble, too, because, like, that kind of comes into play later. Like, she didn't even think of that. (laughs) Repercussions Mick would have to face. (laughs) So... Mara, no brain cell this week. In fact, I think she has negative brain cells this week. Negative brain cells. Emotion took over. Too jealous of a teacher. Yes. No bueno. And to that we say, Jason Winkler is right there. Here we play Alyssa Paris. But only for Jason, not for Mick and Miss Robinson. But only for Jason. This is a... This is a... <laughs> 
All right, so downstairs, Nina is playing a video game and Fabian is watching. It's really cute. They're like sitting on the same chair and stuff. That's when Trudy walks in with Uncle Aid. So he asks if they're stepping out yet and Fabian looks all panicked and Nina looks confused and is like, is that a dance? (laughs) Fabian says that they aren't and Uncle Aid says that's a shame because he likes Nina. First of all, Nina... You are either so dumb or just really good at playing dumb, but probably dumb. Cause like, I think it's pretty obvious what stepping out means. Like I'm American. We don't say that, but I'm, I can put two and two together. <laughs> Do British people say that? Is that a thing? UK fan, tell us. Do you actually call dating like stepping out? Let me I have a feeling it's like an older. Like an old person thing? Like, like going steady? steady. Going steady. Going steady. Back to our bye bye birdie bullshit. We're just TVT. We're talking before we recorded that uh, when we were uh, baby children when we first met that we bonded over both me and bye bye birdie. So, Uh, serious. Have you heard about Fabian and Nina? Did they really get pinned? (laughs) Anyway. I don't understand this reference. (laughs) Going steady. I hope everyone enjoys our performance. <laughs> anyway, but the video game scene here too, right before like the scene actually started when they were sitting on the same chair playing video games, it was really cute. Once again, Fabina is cute. Um, no one tell Brad. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get Brad back on here and we're going to be like, hey, remember when we were all like, we hate Fabina? Well, then we watched season one and we changed our mind. <laughs> watch season three and we'll change our minds back again i was gonna say season two i'll change my mind (laughs) season three will really change our minds true (gasps) so uncle aid gives fabian a book he found called unlocking the eye it has a picture of the eye of horus on the cover trudy asks if he would like a cup of tea and he says yes and then he when he was like she asked how he wants his tea and he was like white no sugar i'm sweet enough so i just said like get it trudy (laughs) And I said, shout out to every time Trudy has a date or a flirty moment and it goes nowhere. Uncle Aiden right. Trudy really is an OTP though, guys. They are. That's like, if I had to ship Trudy with anyone, that's my Trudy OTP. Yeah, Trudy's other men are not good choices. She has bad taste, but I, Uncle Aiden's a good guy. I feel, I feel like I ship it. Yeah. Nina and Fabian are also very into this book. They're like, wow, I love books about Egypt. Oh my god. This is amazing. <laughs> Their faces, like when they're looking at the book, they're like, I mean, you can't see me when you're listening to this, but they can see me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were we were discussing this before we started recording. It's a book about Egypt. That's what gets them going, you know? Uh-huh. That's their thing. <laughs> I will. <laughs> we're not going to elaborate. <laughs> Laura just immediately left the chat. Laura has left the chat. <laughs> so the next morning, it's the day of the play, and Nina says she's nervous. Alfie drops a pile of good luck letters on the table for everyone, and Patricia is confused because hers says, open in private. Alfie jokes that it's a postcard from Joy. Oh, I said maybe it's her goth boy boy goth band boyfriend. Damn, their parents all sent them mail. But I wrote this later, but I should probably just say now. So, obviously this postcard is not from Patricia's parents. So, I'm kind of salty at Patricia's parents for once again, not paying any attention to Patricia. And not sending her a letter when everyone else's parents did. Also, Alfie said that his parents were coming to the play in this scene. I wish we got to see Alfie's parents here. That would have been fun. And Alfie trying to be all playful with Patricia. We love Patricia. 
We do get to see Alfie's parents later, I think, though. Yeah, so. I think they visit for an episode. Yeah, but that makes me sad for Patricia. I didn't even think of that. She deserves better. Did, let's be real, though. Did she, like, even tell her parents that she got a postcard? Like, or was in a play? Is that something that she would have told them? Probably not. You're right. <laughs> but, but, like, who orchestrated this postcard thing? I feel like it wasn't the kids. I feel like Trudy was, like, messaging their parents, like, you should write your kids a postcard. They're in a play. Trudy probably has, like, a newsletter that gets sent out to the parents every week. Like, Anubis House updates. <laughs> oh, Mick played a sport. They're in a play. <laughs> All right, so after this, we cut to Mr. Sweet. He is sitting in his office, singing to himself as he checks his email. Uh, that's when he gets Mara's email, and he starts looking through all the pictures that she sent, and he seems concerned. Um, I just want to point out, these pictures don't even look that bad. Like, they really, they, they look harmless. I'm just like, I don't know, the whole thing is just such a far-fetched plot. Because also, like, okay, if they got sent these pictures, you think the first thing would be, like, we need, it, we need to investigate and get more information. But they just jump to immediately, like, we gotta fire her. Like, this, I, this is it. We draw the line. We draw the line at you being six feet away from your student doing yoga. So they're apparently anti-COVID. So six feet apart is not, is, is, is frowned upon. Yeah, Nick and Miss Robinson were just following COVID precautions 10 years early. <laughs> okay, this entire plot is like probably, I think, I just, it's one of the most like infuriating plots the show does. Yeah, yeah it's definitely up there. And poor Miss Robinson, Mara, why? Why? Um, also enjoyed Mr. Sweet talking to himself. It was fun. Mr. Sweet is an icon. I love him. He is, yeah. He was so cute singing to himself. <laughs> Backstage at the play, Fabian and Nina are flipping through their new book. And it'll be easier to understand the context if I just put in the clip of Nina reading the book out loud. So I'm going to do that right here. Before Tutankhamun's death, the god Anubis entrusted Amneris with a cup of egg, the cup of immortality. When the elixir of life is drunk from the cup of egg, it grants immortality to all who suck from it. In the wrong hands, it could lead to tyranny, despots, and all-out war. Legend has it that Amneris buried the Cup of Ankh with her lover inside Tutankhamun's tomb, where she hoped it would remain hidden forever. But there are some who believe that the cup was found and removed at the time of the tomb's excavation in 1922. So the treasure we're looking for is a cup that makes you live forever? No wonder Sarah's so desperate to keep it safe. So, we're now back in Mr. Sweet's office and Miss Robinson has been called in. She's been given notice and she's confused because the students love her. And Mrs. Andrews says, perhaps the students love you a little too much and hands her the pictures. Robinson wants to know who took the pictures, but Mrs. Andrews said they don't know. She's adamant that nothing is going on between her and McCampbell, but Mr. Sweet explains the school can't afford to have any scandal attached to it. So she storms out saying she's not accepting this. Mrs. Andrews tells Mr. Sweet to go after her. Like, wouldn't their first reaction to be like, talk to Mick? Right. To see if something's going on. Yeah, be like, is she making you uncomfortable? Maybe they thought that Mick was like purposely dating her, so they weren't thinking that she was making him uncomfortable. But still, you'd think you could, like, get, the, or, like, inter like, if he was, then you'd think they would, like, interrogate his, like, 
housemates be like, so have you seen anything yeah. for make that suspicious? And like, God, they really didn't think this through. Because you think, yeah. Why are they doing this in the middle of the play? Like, why is this the time? The play is going on like, right true. now. They're like, you it's know about what to start, yeah. Right now. We got these pictures. We're not going to ask any questions about it. The play is going on right now. You're fired. Goodbye. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> My only thought was like, maybe they're handling this so poorly because they don't want it to like get out because Mr. Sweet mentions like the school can't afford to have any scandal attached to it. And I wonder if it's because they're like going through all this culty stuff right now and they don't want to draw any extra attention to the school because then that might draw attention to their eternal life search that's happening and the way that they're planning to kill a student and stuff like that. So (laughs) maybe that's why they were like, we're just going to fire her, but still it seems a little unrealistic. Yeah, maybe it was like, we're planning on potentially killing a student and we don't want both inappropriate student teacher relationships and random student deaths out of nowhere happening at our watch. This entire thing is a mess. This is just a yeah. mess of a plot. They were like, Mara well, I'm just be jealous. And for some reason, we're going to make it happen this way. <laughs> but Patricia and Jason was platonic. Just nothing nothing happening there. Yeah, so- Patricia and Jason stand like zero feet apart from each other at all times. <laughs> it's a whole ass mess. <laughs> Mood. Alright, so the play is about to start and Fabian and Nina are peeking through the curtain watching people file in. First they see Victor and Nina starts to get nervous about the plot of the play because who knows how he's going to react. That's when Nina also notices Rufus who seems to be sitting there trying to disguise himself. Then Miss Robinson runs backstage to warn Mick about the picture saying she's been kicked out and he might be next. Mara is eavesdropping and looks stunned. I know I mentioned this a little bit earlier but like Mick could just clear her so fast. What a mess. Mother's so shocked, like, she didn't realize that anyone was going to get in trouble when she decided to send them pictures implying that there was an inappropriate student-teacher relationship. Like, consequences? What? Guess. Well, we don't normally have those in this show, remember? True. Yeah. You're right. (laughs) She cannot comprehend. So Mara taps Mick on the shoulder and says there's something she needs to tell him. He ignores her because he sees Mr. Sweet talking to Miss Robinson. He walks up stage. He walks off stage to go help her. Patricia is freaking out because the show is starting in 10 seconds and he's supposed to be there. And then she asks Mara what's going on. And instead of answering, Mara also runs off the stage after Mick and leaves Patricia just like standing there alone, ready to open the play. <laughs> that all of them decided that they needed to have this conversation about five seconds before the play was supposed to start why so unprofessional just do the play what are you doing can you not speak after also jason looks good in his purple sweater in general can you can you tell which one of us is a theater nerd <laughs> run it <laughs> thank you we both did theater in high school thank you thank you i just <laughs> learn from our Bye Bye Birdie performance. I would never ditch a play five seconds before the play. I would also never ditch a play five seconds before it opened. I would just, you know, you just have to push away those negative thoughts until after the show. <laughs> like, y'all really left Patricia to fend for herself on opening night. 
Honestly, this might have been the only night of the play, too. I think it was. I think they just did this, like, literally once. Patricia approaches Fabian and Nina and says she opened her letter, but it just says D4. Nina wonders if it's from Rufus since she just saw him in the audience. So Patricia goes to look. Nina then suggests that it could be a seat number, but Patricia says that Rufus is in row G. Before they can figure it out, Jason rushes everyone to their places. Oh, the amount of chaos that just happened. Yeah, from this point on, it gets very chaotic and there's a lot of cutting back and forth with the scenes. So just get ready. I had no idea what was going on. I was like, this is the best show ever. This is... So Fabian and Nina are in the wing trying to figure out who's in seat D4. That's when we see Joy in the audience, also kind of dressed in a disguise. Patricia is still freaking out because she can't do the show alone, but the coat, but the curtain opens anyway. She locks eyes with Joy and blurts out, Joy! So then Rufus, Joy, and Victor all like start looking around all stunned. I'm just oh. so happy to see Joy, my girl. Also, I said, okay, imagine this being the first episode I'd ever seen. I have no idea who the hell Joy is, why it matters that she's there, why this girl is so happy to see this Joy person in the audience. Like, she's just coming to see the play. Why is she so excited? Whatever. <laughs> but being like, oh my god, this show's wild. <laughs> yeah, there's just like a lot happening for this to be your first episode. Like, I, I, why, are, why are the teachers dating the students? Who's Joy? Why'd these two kids just run off before the play started? Like, no <laughs> idea what was going on, but being like, this is like so chaotic that I was like really into it I feel like that's what made me want to watch the show I was like I need to go watch the show from the beginning so I can know who these people are what is going on who is Joy why are these teachers trying to do this what's going on <laughs> <laughs> and on that note uh, let's take a quick break so we can hear from our sponsor alright so we're back so poor Patricia tries to cover up her outburst by improving some lines about joy and sorrow in Egypt. Jason looks really panicked and tells her to stay on book. But honestly, I think that was some pretty good improv on Patricia's part, considering she just uh, found out that Joy is back after not knowing where she was for like a month and the fact that Mick and Mara abandoned her. So like you did your best, Patricia. Good job. Uh, I just put my girl really loved the entire play. <laughs> And also, I noticed that the dress she's wearing in the scene looks like the one she's wearing in Tor, Touchstone of Raw, but like the necklace, like the neckline in um, Touchstone of Raw is like shiny. So I was wondering if it is the same dress, but they like put like something, because it looks like it's just str- like string. Oh, it could be. I wouldn't it's be like surprised. The same cut. I was like, hmm? Patricia recycled. She upcycled her costume Good to job, wear it too. <laughs> worked for graduation day it's like thrifty (laughs) queen Trudy just said that Patricia had a rough turn and that makes me like and also I said I mean Patricia tried but I think she did a really good job at improving in the circumstances proud of her so in the hall while the play is going on just mind you Mr. Sweet is telling Miss Robinson that she needs to leave right now 
Mick comes up and says he can't believe he's doing this and that this is unfair. And Mr. Sweet's like, we can talk after the play. Mara walks in to ask if he's okay. And he angrily explains what's going on before pushing past her. And Mara looks really worried. Mara really did them dirty. Yeah. Yeah. She does. She did that. And for what? And for what? You're right. It was dumb. It's the one part of Mick and Mara's relationship. I'm just like, no, this didn't happen. Pretend I do not see. <laughs> I, I do not see. <laughs> so back at the play, Nina now walks on stage and she's playing the character Sally. She's seven years old and her parents are leaving for the Valley of the Kings. Um, right before this, Fabian like encourages her in the wings and it's really cute like he goes he's like you got this and gives her a thumbs up um i'm also really impressed with the writing because this whole thing rhymed like every single line nina said in her introduction like it was like a poem and i was like wow girl you did that good job and then trudy starts crying immediately which is hilarious to me (laughs) she's just her reactions are really funny so i wrote just added then that fabian encouraging nina was cute so once again we are fabinas very cute Amber said that Nina should get an agent because apparently Nina's acting in this play is the best. <laughs> I mean, like, it's fine. I want to be like, Nina's a star actress and she is kind of doing a British accent. Which, that is, like, a lot of pressure for an American living yeah. in the UK. Both for Nina and for Natalia. I think she mentioned that in an interview, I think, about, like, having to do a British accent and being nervous. Like, I mean, I would, if I was, like, physically in the UK and then someone's, like, do a British accent around all these real live British people. Yeah. So, backstage, Mick is venting to Mara, wondering who could stoop so low and take those pictures. Mara asks him to explain exactly what happened, and Mick says nothing, they are just training. Mara reassures him that it sounds innocent and he doesn't need to worry because the truth always prevails. But Mick is still worried because of how the images have been cropped and says he doesn't want to leave the school, especially now. And then he like takes her hand and looks at her. (sighs) So (laughs) uh, then uh, before Mara can say anything else, Jason walks up to them and says that they're on and then goes like for real this time. So uh, I just am completely like ignoring how fucked up the situation is. And, and I'm like, he grabbed her hand, my ship, look at them. <laughs> like, <laughs> Meanwhile, I wrote Mara facepalm emoji. And that's just the definition of this entire plot. Also, that's... Jason said Mara are really weird here. Patricia and Fabian are backstage looking out into the crowd. And Patricia says they need to warn Joy that Victor is in the crowd. And how dangerous that is. Fabian says she probably already knows and that they need to focus on watching Victor's reactions. On stage, Sally's parents, who are being played by Mick and Mara, kiss her on the cheek and leave her to go to Egypt. Trudy cries and Uncle Aid offers her a tissue. Um, This whole scene really gave us some great crack shipping content. So like for me, um, Mick kissing Nina on the cheek was the cover of my Mick and Nina fanfiction I never finished in 2012. It's great. Great Mina content right there. The only Mina content. I don't think they ever talk again. <laughs> um, I said Mick Nina and also Nara is real. Because Mara also kisses Nina on the cheek. So yes. thank you. Nara is real. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for this crack shipping content. So then Fabian comes on stage and he's playing the character Vincent. He is now Sally's caretaker since her parents left. 
and he does Victor's famous pin drop speech. All I'm going to say is that I need Brad to play Victor in a House of Anubis reboot. Thank you. Oh my gosh, please. Not even like Victor, but like I think he needs to play Fabian, who just has starts to dress like Victor and he's not like <laughs> Victor's job at the house. <laughs> Fabian in ten years. Just <laughs> scrap everything Brad said. He just goes to work at Anubis house. But he's just Victor 2.0. That'd be a plot twist. Um also Victor's reaction to this impression is hilarious. He looks so disgusted. But I thought Fabian did a great job. It was spot on. Yeah. So the pin drop speech by Fabian, iconic. And Trudy was laughing so hard, but everyone is laughing so does the whole audience know that this is how Victor is. So in Touchdown of Raw, Dex is like, that's like his catchphrase. So yeah, I think everyone knows that that's how like, <laughs> everyone Victor knows is. that Victor is like this. <laughs> I bet the kids like make fun of him in the halls and stuff. Right. I'm sure it's a thing. They're just in the hallway like, Victor last night, 10 minutes precisely, and I went to his house. Giraffe. I could totally see Alfie doing that, like goofing around. Okay, so Jerome and Alfie carried Mara, and I was impressed. And the camel, camel as the camel. Yeah, like she sat on them and actually rode the camel. Oh, yeah, because in this scene, uh, Alfie is a snake, and I wrote the snake costume series. Like, I did something bad by Taylor's But do we think, like, well, like Alfie or uh, Alex was obviously in the snake costume because we see the face, but do we think it was actually Eugene and Alex in the camel costume the whole time? probably not probably not realistically anyway so backstage nina is putting her coat on fabian runs over and is like you don't have to do this but nina says that she has to rescue the puzzle piece or the search is going to be over so fabian offers to come but nina's like no you can't you have to stay here so then fabian's just like be careful and nina runs out of the school um i just made the note also okay like you really want to tell me that nina playing sally aka sarah was not intended to be foreshadowing that she was a frobisher I didn't even think of that. That's a good point. Y'all know if she didn't leave the show and season three went on, she would have been a Frobisher. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, I, suppose, I mean, Nina and KV, maybe they're related. Hot take. Nina's yes. a Frobisher, but KV's also a Frobisher. So Nina and KV are related, and maybe um, that's why Fabian thinks that KV would know Nina. Um, they're secretly related and he secretly knows that Nina has like, secret sisters secret sister no <laughs> Nina has distant relatives I was gonna say secret cousins secret yeah, cousins secret more secret cousins enjoy. yeah we got a lot of secret sisters we gotta have more secret cousins so my, <laughs> my new theory is because we, we're like Nina's a frobisher right Fabian knows like vaguely has heard from Nina that she has like long lost cousins named like the rushes but like he doesn't really like he's never met them or like they're like long distant cousins like whatever so Fabian's like this girl's like my name is KT Rush I'm from Pennsylvania blah 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 and Fabian's like wow she must know Nina right <laughs> is Fabian not that yeah. stupid I would hope not that's I like this headcanon yeah <laughs> I'll accept this headcanon. <laughs> I'm like, here for it. I'm here for it because I feel like if we have multiple secret sisters, multiple secret cousins kind of makes sense. Yeah. So who and the writer staff was like, has that bad of family issues that they kept giving everyone 
secret family members. Well, apparently, in, in the original, apparently, Patricia has a secret sister. Yeah, I think she actually does have, like, the twin thing happened in the Dutch show, from what I've been told. And Jade, like, has a twin, so they're just they're like, yeah, like I also her. wonder if they like purposely cast Jade because she was a twin or if that was just like a really nice coincidence. Yeah. I mean, they also could have just had her play her own twin if she wasn't. Oh, true. Like, if she wasn't That's true. Life, they probably would have just done like a Liz and Maddie situation. Honestly, that really would have been funny though if like she didn't have a twin and they did that arc, that like arc, though I almost wonder if the American version would have like passed on that just because you know. Yeah, that yeah, would be a twin. real question. If we ever get Jade on, we gotta ask her, like, do we think that, like, they purposely cast you knowing that they're gonna try to do a twin plot with you, knowing that you have a twin? Or... Yeah, because it's hard to tell, because it was, like, obviously that was until season it two, so... season two, so, like, it's not like they were like, we really need to do a twin plot right now, we're gonna cast twins. Like, was, did she just conveniently have a twin? Like, well, like did she just... We gotta get Jade on. Jade conveniently she... has a twin. Alright, so Fabian walks over to Patricia, who still has her letter from Joy. Uh, she can't figure out what the message says, um, but Fabian realizes that it's mirrored writing and holds it up to a mirror so they can read it. It says, meet me tonight, nine, clearing in the woods, Joy. Um, I just thought this whole thing was funny because, could she really not read that message, like, when she first opened it? Or at least, like, not read it enough to, like, confirm it said Joy? Because they were looking at it before to see the D4 on the note. And they just, like, completely ignored the mirrored writing. And she's staring at it like, what does it mean? <laughs> no bright self for Patricia this week. <laughs> Maybe, like, it was just one of those things that seemed so obvious that she, like, didn't think about it, you know? Yeah, it was, like, a very chaotic night, like, trying to deal with all this and do the play, so. Joy is, like, an August out of the woods crossover. Instead of meet me behind the mall, she's like, meet me in the woods. Once again, we are a Taylor Swift podcast. I keep wanting to just make the joke they're lesbians, your honor. I mean, <laughs> you're not wrong. It just amazes me how, like, rewatching the show, I'm like, damn, this really was that gay, though. <laughs> I wonder if they did this in 2020, if we would have gotten some oh, well, LGBTQ okay. representation, if Nickelodeon's ready for that. Has Nickelodeon done that yet? Because Disney um, has. I don't know. I think... I feel like it's been more, like, I... back not, like, background characters, but, like, you know, background characters. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Alright, so on stage, Mick and Mara's characters have been cursed, and Mick's character must leave her because of said curse, I guess. So they kiss goodbye and the curtains close, but they just keep kissing. Um, they really so do just keep going at it on the they, stage. They do. So Victor slips out of the theater room as soon as the curtain closes, and then backstage, Mick and Mara are still going at it, and Amber tries to tell them that they can stop now, but they just ignore her and keep like making out. And then Jerome kind of like walks up to them and also looks disgusted and walks away. So they finally break apart, and they both look so happy, and Jason comes over and is like, great job, guys. So, first of all, uh, during this scene, there are literally extras in the background dressed as trees, and I was dying. Like, their whole role is just to play a palm tree. These poor kids. Um, Also, this is a very good Mick and Mara kiss. Just, like, I was very in my feels towards the end of this episode watching this, because I left them. She's always in her feels when it comes to Mick and Mara. Like, let's be real here. Let's not lie to our audience. Um, and then also, I put Trudy and Amber's reaction to the kiss. Yeah. I don't even remember them. I think Amber just looked sad, 
and Trudy looked excited, maybe. But I, I they had good reactions, I guess. Amber is being all jealous in a cactus costume. And Jerome also is like having a weird response. And then I said, Jamber. Jamber. Well, you almost wonder, like, if Mara was, like, not Mara, if Amber was sad, if it's because, like, we don't know, know necessarily know how long she and Nick were together, and it might be, like, weird. Because now that means, like, they don't have the chance of getting back together, even if, like, that's not necessarily something either of them would have thought about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And even then, it's just, no one... It sucks to watch your ex, like, kiss someone else. No one wants to watch that. Well, sucks for Amber, because she lives with them. Yeah. According to the House of Anubis book, Nick and Amber were dating for a short time. However, do we qualify that as canon? Because I feel like in canon it applies that they... I will decline that canon because um, it seems it does genuinely seem like they were together longer. Like I feel like I the think so too. Just wrote that they were dating for a short time for their own personal decision. I in my head think they were dating for like a year. That's how I see it. Yeah, I would declare as a short time. I would say even longer, maybe longer than a year. She knows he's I don't bad, know how long I think. Depends if we're actually going on our theory that like they're together friends. Oh, true. My theories are always correct, so... Our Mary's song headcanon. <laughs> also, Jason just is like, yo, in the middle of them kissing. Jason, sir, sir. Again, Jason was right there. Miss <laughs> Robinson did nothing. Jason is just like, Tuesday kissing? Hey, guys! <laughs> hey, guys, what's up? Can I get you anything? Some <laughs> That was a terrible joke. I'm not a regular history teacher. I'm a cool (laughs) history teacher. (laughs) You really So then we cut to Nina, who's made it back to Anubis' house, and she runs into Victor's office. She tries the code that Fabian gave her on the safe, but it won't open. Dun-dun-dun. So now we are back at the play. Mara and Mick are still backstage, and both of them start talking, but then stop to let the other one go. So Mick ends up talking first. And he says that he likes Mara, and he always has, but he wasn't sure if he liked her as more than a friend. So... He apologizes to her for the bad timing because he might be getting kicked out of the school. But then he says, do you want to be my girl, Mara? And before Mara can answer, Jerome walks up and says, are you two going to lip lock again? But then they just like walk away. Um, Do you want to be my girl, Mara? Lives rent free in my mind. I love them a lot. This is the scene I replayed like three times when I watched it. I Again, we're just me being like, I'm going to ignore how fucked up this whole situation is and just be like, oh my God, he asked her out. Yay, my ship. Okay. So, Brenna had a theory, which I feel like is accurate. So, we know how, like, when Mick and Mara had, like, their flirty, flirty stuff in the episodes a couple of weeks ago, that I was like, wow, this is cute. Like, I wonder why I never shipped them. Because, I mean, like, I ship Mick Burr, but, like, I don't think when I watched it the first time, I was like, I really like Mick Burr. I think that was after Shruti got me on her bullshit. Anyway... <laughs> So, Brenna had a theory, and I think she's kind of right, that the reason that I was like, I don't ship Mick and Mara, is because the first episode of our watch, I was thrown into this chaos. So, I couldn't just be like, this is cute. I'm ignoring this. I was like, this girl is framing this man for dating a teacher. Oops. Yeah. Like, if that's how you got led into a ship, I understand why you wouldn't be as into them or into them at all. So because I, feel I like forgive you. Watching, I'm like, oh, they're kind of cute. Like <laughs> They are. They're more than kind of cute. 
<laughs> I mean, that's what you're getting from me. I'm next year's shipper. But I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take what I can get. But yeah, um, I think I was immediately start watching the show, was thrown into the chaos that is whatever this plot is with Miss Robinson. And him all being like, will you date me? And her all being like, yes, but not like, yeah. Like, I would have probably shipped them had that plot not been coherently going on because I would have been like, oh, they're cute. But I was probably like, um, excuse me, what is happening? Ma'am, this is the Chili's. <laughs> Ma'am, this is the Chili's. And also I wrote all caps, Jerome. I guess Jerome was there. Because <laughs> okay, he goes, are you two going to lip lock again? <laughs> Making Jerome is done with their bullshit. So we now see Jerome and Alfie in their camel suit, and Jerome is trying to get Alfie to be the back of the camel for the second half of the play, but he is like, no way. Um. You just said a lost camel. Um, I don't know why I said a lost camel. <laughs> 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 a lost camel. <laughs> in all caps, too, you were like really excited about it. Maybe someone in the show mentioned there being a lost camel. Like, <laughs> Don't you hate when your camel gets lost? Jerome and Alfie were being a camel. <laughs> but like, maybe they were lost. Or it's like, I don't know what's happening in my notes. And I'm I don't afraid remember of what I was talking about. That's okay. <laughs> we'll leave this in here anyway. <laughs> So Mara starts trying to tell Mick the truth about the pictures, but he keeps cutting her off. And that's when Jason comes over and tells Mick that he's going to need to see Mr. Sweet later. Um, So one of the things that Mick says when he's like cutting her off is like, wait, you don't think a long distance relationship will work? And just like rip to that sentence because season two things. Foreshadowing. Have a long distance relationship note and I put it in the wrong spot. Wait a oh, second. Maybe. Wait, wait, wait a minute. I wonder if, like, okay, so depending on when these episodes were written, maybe at this point Bobby had been cast in Wolf Blood and they knew, like, if they got renewed, he wasn't going to be back full. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, it seems too early because they were shooting this in 2010. Do we think we know the level of foreshadowing? Do we think that they purposely did that? I don't know. It's they possible. Prob- I mean, it's, I don't know, because depending on, like, when he got cast and stuff. That's more. true. I guess, yeah, like, if he was cast on early on. Wolfblood casting was... I don't think I can Google that information either to give me what an answer. I'm just gonna have to get Bobby on the podcast. Oh, no. So, backstage, Jason is frantically running around trying to find Nina. Uh, we cut to Nina in Victor's office, and she is still struggling to open the safe. Backstage, Patricia is going on about how excited she is to see Joy when Fabian realizes that Victor isn't in the audience anymore. Amber walks up to them and explains that Jason cut her canary scene, so now Nina is back on sooner than she thinks. Fabian runs off to try to find her, and Patricia tells Amber that Joy is in the audience. I am sad for Amber that her canary scene got cut. That's a shame. That's very. I said that she said that Jason was basically scared for talent, which is funny, and then I wrote, they made that whole costume to cut the scene, and they cut the scene in the middle of the play. This would never happen in a real play. You have rehearsal multiple dress rehearsals you wouldn't just be like the night of the show let me cut this scene real quick that we already rehearsed and had a costume for like you can't cut a scene in the middle of the show i know it's for plot convenience this is not fair to the to the theater 
Yeah, all, the students. The, the students that were like actually into the play that wanted to be the leads, and then the newest kid got cast as the lead, and then ditched all of them ditched the play in the middle of the play, and are like disrespectful. So angry right now. Okay, so like you know the season two play that like they just like the entire play is just like revenge on Jerome. So like, did they genuinely like not even try to cast anyone else? Because like they had a decision at Anubis House. They were just it was literally just Anubis. Oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah, Anubis House production. And also, I said Nina's hair. I'm obsessed. Once again, Nina's hair looks really good <laughs> in today's episode. Thank you. At the house, Nina starts looking through Victor's drawers, trying to see if she can find anything that will help her open the safe. She finds a stack of coins with all of the Anubis residents' names on them, and she's inspecting them when suddenly Victor walks in through the front door. So Nina, like, freaks out and kind of starts ducking behind the desk, and Victor opens the office door, and the episode ends. Da-da-da! Cliffhanger face! Oh, so... Oh my god, the chip with their names on it is also. Maybe I'm biased because this is the first episode I ever saw and the first cliffhanger I ever saw. And it convinced me to watch this whole show. But I thought this was a good cliffhanger. Yeah, this is definitely a good cliffhanger. Like, I was a little upset when the episode ended. I was like, I want to finish the play. I want to know if, if Nina gets caught. There's, They just really left you hanging. Looking on the choice. Is we're catching Nina? Is Mick going to get kicked out of the school? Is Mara going to finally tell him the truth? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we actually had a listener clip submitted about this episode, like I mentioned before we started our summary. So our friend Megan sent in some commentary about uh, Mick and Mara, and I think we're all on the same page. So let me play that clip right now. Oh yeah, this is Megan. This is like laugh goal Megan, right? L-A-F-G-L Megan. Hey guys, it's Megan. Fancy new little feature y'all's got here. Very cool. <laughs> uh, I'm jumping ahead a few episodes, but I want to talk about something that happens in House of Drama, House of Codes. Okay, Mara is such a snake in this episode. Like, she does some low-key, high-key, pretty sketchy things when it comes to boys in future seasons, but I don't think there's anything worse than getting mixed teacher fired by making it look like they're romantically involved like mara girl that's <laughs> that's a little weird yeah so uh obviously based on all of our feedback throughout this entire episode i think we are all on the same page as megan <laughs> all right so brain cell of the week um i said this might be another fabian week yeah i think fabian Go Fabian. Keep being smart. Keep carrying Sabuna. (laughs) And then um, Ship of the Week, I put Mick and Mara because Mick just asked her out and I cried. But also, like, they're being problematic, so I don't know. (laughs) Oh, yeah! I I, I vote Trudy and Aid. That's a good one. They're on a date at the show together, so... Cute. Proud of Trudy. only. Um, so, for something fun, I have not thought of a new podcast game, so ship it or rip it? Alright, well. Rip it. I'm gonna pick one from the bottom. Hopefully we'll get someone new. Our first character is Ben. If it's not Piper, I'm what if I get Patricia? In the building. 
Okay. The answer would be Rip. Ben and Jerome. I'm, I might be into that. <laughs> I think I might be into that. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Like, I just have a good feeling about them. I feel like that could be a They would. They'd be chaotic, but like together. They would like scheme together and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I ship it. That's a fun one. I'd ship it. Why not? Okay. Next we have Amber. Amber and Nina. Yes. I mean, yeah, do we even yes. need to explain? Like, and they were roommates. Oh no, God, they were roommates. All right. Next, we have Piper. Maybe we'll get Piper. You were supposed to show up like two <laughs> two people ago. We're probably gonna get Piper, Eddie. Eddie. Okay, I got Willow. No, we've talked about them. We've talked about Piper and Willow, right? I'll put Willow back. Yes. <clears throat> Piper and. Laura! <laughs> I Incredible. Oh, TP. You would treat her so right. Her. It's what she deserves. I would be like, I love <laughs> This, I mean, this is, it's not even like, we're not even like contemplating if it's shippable because like, it's already a ship. Piper X Laura is a thing. Because of the, the level to which Nobody I loves Piper like Laura Laura does. <laughs> It's what she deserves. Maybe I'll be. Maybe. So ship it's what, it. It's what Piper deserves. All right, I'll do two more. Um, Emily. Oh no. Oh no. It's a fun new like happen. bonus layer to this. <laughs> Joy, Emily, and Joy. <laughs> I think that'd be fun. I ship, ship it. it. Yeah, I ship it. Fun. <laughs> yes. We'll be dramatic bitches together. Okay, and. Last one. Mick Campbell. Better be me. Okay. We better be Brenna because we're two for. Yes, two I got it. Mick and Brenna. Yes. Me and Emily ship it. Ship it. OTP. <laughs> Nobody loves Mick like I do. I would treat him better than Mara. 100%. You would never no. get him brain for days. I would not. <laughs> I wouldn't cheat on him when he went to Australia. I feel like. I feel like we had some pretty successful shifts <laughs> with us. So yeah, guys, let us know what your favorite <laughs> Anubis backwards ship it or rip it ship was tonight. Um, is it A, Laura and Piper, B, Emily and Joy, or C, Brenna and Mick? Those were some pretty good combos. Let us know your favorite. I mean, it's got to be <laughs> Brenna and Mick. However, we do get bonus points for how much I have obsessed with Piper. Alright, so I think that's it for today's episode don't forget we would love to hear your voice memos send them in anubis or uh, anchor.fm slash anubis backwards also please follow us on social media our twitter is at anubis podcast our instagram is at anubis backwards pod our tiktok is at anubis backwards pod and you can also send us an email if you want it's anubis backwards pod at gmail.com so thank you guys so much for listening to this chaotic episode and we will see you next week <laughs> Sabuna. So much I wanted to say. The way I see it, is there any more?